everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast. I'm Kevin Gastola. I'm really pleased to have our co-host, Rania Kalik. Hey, Rania. Hey, Kevin. And I, I wanted to let you know, because I, you're off, um, you're in Germany, and you're, you're busy in your job, so I just wanted to let you know, uh, before we started the show, Rania, that the Keystone XL pipeline has gushed. It's, it's sprung this massive gusher of 210,000 gallons into South Dakota. Wait, what? I, that's really, I think, okay, that sounds kind of familiar. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, I feel like someone may have warned that that could happen. It's possible. I'm just saying I could be wrong, but I'm pretty, I, I don't remember who it was. It was maybe like a lot of people. Holding signs? Was it anybody? Were were any of those people getting arrested in front of the White House? Uh, they and being might have been carted off uh, for for like several years. I think that was happening, yeah, right? They, like, like I vaguely remember that uh, when we had a black president uh, and he was somewhat respectable, uh, he uh, wasn't really listening to these people. But eventually, they got through to him, and yeah. Uh, uh, and he was like, oh, okay, uh, maybe we shouldn't have a Keystone pipeline. Yeah, and then I don't know what happened. I think it but was I'm like not really president. sure why they didn't, why he didn't like it. I mean, I, maybe he just didn't like uh, the project. Maybe he just got well, bored Well, either way, I'm sure those people who were warning that this would be a possibility feel good and vindicated now. You were right, guys. <laughs> Jeez. So what are the consequences of this? Like... Is it going to stop the project? Because the project's still, like, not complete. Uh, the consequences are none at the moment. Uh, the, oh. But the possible consequence could end up being that Nebraska uh, gives the company a snag because there's some approval that uh, they have to give to it still. Um, and, but, however, I can, I can say the thing that's incredible about our political climate is that there is no reaction? So I, again, I'm I'm going to talk about this. Seriously? In, in the, well, I'm I'm talking about this in a capitalist sense. Usually, mm-hmm. in this case, it would be really bad if you were a stockholder and you would see the price of your company go down and you would have a problem. You'd have a crisis on your hands because you had to stop your pipeline. So that means you're not making production. It had no effect. It did, really? It, it barely had any impact. On, uh, I mean, and that's incredible because, like, just by comparison, we'll just take the shitty company that is Equifax that's, like, just exploiting and, 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 and going after and just, you know, taking advantage of people on their on the credit uh, score, their credit reports. And uh, they had a massive issue when they were found to have had that security breach. And I feel like that's similar here. You basically had a security breach in the Keystone XL pipeline. And nothing has happened to the the business. That's really crazy that like, uh, that even though it stops production, like nothing happens to stocks. They're like, meh, still a good company. But I I mean, I think what I mean is there in the four or five years ago, they might've thought, oh, okay, well, there's going to be some repercussions. Like the EPA is not going to like that. They're going to come after him. But you've got a gremlin running the EPA. And so (laughs) he... Is he? I don't know if you know about this. We've talked about the EPA, but let me just really 
emphasize in relation to this story that the EPA is not going to do anything about the Keystone, X, the Keystone XL pipeline because it is turning itself into a spy agency, basically. Uh, it is making it so like it's basically become like a fascist organization run by like three, or, three, three or four, oh my God. three or four people. The staff members don't get to be involved in decision making. There's been a full report in the New York Times in the past week or two about how staffers are not involved in decisions. Um, um, and also he's setting up these like um, uh, he's putting up these things around his office that make it hard to like listen because he thinks people are like eavesdropping on him. Scott Pruitt. Oh, um, he's he, wow. Okay. And, and um, like he's hiring bodyguards because he thinks that like he's going to be attacked by people. Uh, is he is he I'm sorry. Is he like delusional? I mean, uh, who does he think is going to attack him? Like the communists? I, 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 I'm very confused. I mean, again, like this is the behavior of like uh, like a fascist spy operation that thinks that like they have to be like like this is a an organization that is turning to like acting like they're involved in some covert operation, um, and that covert operation is to sell out all of the earth to industry and and make it so that they can get away with well, more pollution. So. Yeah, but you know if it, if it lines a couple of rich people's pockets, I mean, <laughs> what's the harm in that? <laughs> Um, uh, speaking of which, I think I saw a report recently. I'm sorry, I'm being a really bad journalist because like, I didn't think we were going to talk about this on the show today. Uh, so I don't have it in front of me. But there was a report recently of how like the top 1% has like even more of the world's wealth than it did a few weeks ago or like a few months ago. I mean, they update the list like every every year or something but it's kind of insane the level of like wealth inequality that exists i'm really like when i hear things like that like these people are just destroying the earth i get so cynical because i'm just like if that level of inequality and the actual poisoning of like the whole fucking world and, and the possibility of living in like a future where we can breathe any sort of clean air or like drink clean water doesn't have people like with like pitchforks, like mobs forming with like pitchforks, like demanding, you know, like give us back our shit and stop destroying the world. Like, I don't know what will. But what I think um, about them, what's so sad is that uh, they, they, they see the dystopian future. I don't think that they're in denial, but they actually believe as capitalists that they're going to be able to just make money off of it. So like you can pollute yeah, the water, you can pollute the water. We're just going to make systems and sell them to people and they'll clean the water. And then we don't have to worry about it. Or like, you're not going well, to be able to breathe they, the I air. Like, yeah. Well, like I remember, I remember that we'll I can't remember. I think it was like New Yorker magazine. I think it was like New Yorker magazine or something or like, um, yeah, maybe it was the New Yorker. They did like this piece on just like how these like Silicon Valley billionaires have pretty much accepted that they're destroying the world. And they've accepted it, and so they're just, like, starting to buy homes in, like, New Zealand or something uh, to escape to. And they have, like, all these escape plans in place for what they're going to do when the apocalypse comes. Like, like they even have, like, have like a considerations for, like, the, their, like, private jet pilots and their pilots' families. Because, like, if you not need your jet, you know, your private – your pilot to, dr to ride your jet to, like, save you and your family from the apocalypse and take you to your, like, gated, you know, community underground – you got to make plans for the pilot's family or he's not going to risk his life to save you. It's like crazy. Like they've actually come up with like whole plans and there's like this whole industry of it, like selling these insane high, like insane rich billionaires and multi like hundred millionaires, uh, 
these like future escapes from the apocalypse and they're like legit like these are smart people who are destroying the world and they've just accepted that they're destroying it and so they're coming up with ways to get around that <laughs> remember when we were talking about the u.s diplomatic cables from wikileaks that uh in fact uh they're one of the biggest stories was that like the big world powers were already preparing for the melting of the ice cap in the Arctic and that they were going to divvy up the oil reserves underneath. <laughs> okay. So basically I love that. We're just like starting off the show with, Hey guys, enjoy your time that you still have on earth. <laughs> it's not going to last very long. And if it lasts for you, it's not going to last too long for your children or your children's children. So hold those you love like close. <laughs> I mean, it's insane that we've kind of gotten to that point though, where we just have to accept it and no one's really doing anything to like mitigate the disasters that are going to come. We're just, and like, everybody's just kind of like distracted. It's really fucking sad. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like if I'm like making everyone feel cynical now, I take it back. Everything's good and rosy and sunshine. Yay. <laughs> um, maybe we should have someone on the show who can like, Give us a pep talk because now I'm feeling sad. Uh, and maybe we should change the subject. Uh, so, <laughs> someone to give us some kind of hope. This is really like in short supply these days. Uh, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, we, we wanted to get into uh, what we were. But before we get to that, I actually do want to talk about one more thing. Okay. That okay. We'll just be like, um, we'll I wanted keep to our mention it. I, in I know suspense. We... Yeah, for the thing that we, the big controversial topic we're going to bring up is going to come after this topic. Uh, I just wanted to mention the insane shit going wrong with RT, uh, the, the channel Russia Today, which is funded by the Russian government, just like the BBC is funded by the British government. CCTV is funded by the Chinese government. Voice of America, Radio Free Europe are funded by the US government. Um, CNN is funded by Time Warner, a bunch of other corporations. MSNBC is funded by like General Electric and a bunch of other groups that make bombs. <laughs> anyways, you get what I'm you get where I'm going here. Uh, so, anyways, uh, the U.S. this week, uh, the the Trump administration, which is apparently so tight with Putin, they're like best friends, and we have to investigate Trump, and like we have to blame the Russians for like hacking the elections to get him elected. The Trump DOJ uh, basically issued like demanded that rt which is a media channel whether you like rt or not it doesn't matter it's a, it is media um they forced rt to register as a foreign agent which has never happened um i mean media organizations have never been forced to register as foreign agents uh if i'm if i'm not mistaken uh and i mean just think about that for a second apac the american israel public relations lobby does not have to register as a foreign agent, despite its very close ties uh, with the Israeli government. The fact that the Israeli government basically dictates to APAC the policies to push <laughs> uh, is not forced to register as a foreign agent. Yet RT, a news channel, and again, it doesn't matter who funds it. It is a news channel. It doesn't matter if it's funded by a state. It is a news channel. Is forced to register as a foreign agent. This is a very, this is an attack on media. And what's most shocking about it is the fact that journalists in Washington, D.C. are applauding this move. Like, liberals and even some progressives around the country are applauding this move. Other people have been silent on it. Like, completely silent, and it's shocking. I mean, it, it really, really is stunning. And, like, I, a couple years ago, I think it was, um, or not a couple years ago, 
wasn't it called? It was maybe, yeah, it was during Obama's, um, Obama's time. I think there was like, someone was saying like his spokesperson or, or chief of staff or something was saying that Fox News isn't a real news agency. And Jake Tapper of CNN stood up in the press room because he was like the White House reporter at the time. And he said, no, 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 CNN or, or Fox News is a legitimate media organization. They are our fellow journalists and we will stand by them. We will stand up against this attack on Fox News. Now, you might hate Fox News, but Jake Tapper did have a point, right? Like you, and, and the point is, is that this now with RT, I don't see that happening anywhere, especially from Jake Tapper. If anything, he is leading the charge against RT. Uh, he's practically inciting against RT. He like obsessively incites against it. Um, and we can talk a little bit about why RT is being attacked. But again, like regardless of whether you like RT or not, whether it produces good content or not, this is an attack on media. And once you start to support an attack on a media organization, I mean, it's just like, you're basically opening the door to like the Trump administration further attacking media. And it's just really, really shocking that people can't see past the Russia part aspect of this to see that. Yeah. So also the reason why they had to register as a foreign agent, we should probably raise that and just say that the editor in chief, Margarita Simonian uh, put out a statement and was just saying that the justice department was going to bring a criminal case against yeah they the threatened company. to arrest her right yeah i was gonna arrest the director and uh possibly seize the accounts of the company if they did not register as a foreign agent i mean it's really crazy like look i have friends who work at all kinds of media companies ones i like and ones i hate um I have friends who work at CNN. I have I know people who work at Fox News. I'm not friends with any of them, but I know people who work there. Um, I have friends who work at RT. I've been on RT myself. I've appeared on RT because RT is like one of the only channels that will like even allow me on their fucking airwaves. Uh, because, you know, sadly that that's, that shows the sad state of American media when we have to rely on 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 other government like on adversarial government funded news outlets to give us a platform to talk about why war is bad like think about that for a second like rt does serve some kind of like purpose it does and that's actually pretty common when it comes to uh media funded by governments that are adversarial to the government they're stationed in like i actually even have friends who've worked for voice of america uh, or, I mean, some of those outlets obviously incite a lot of bullshit, but then in some countries, like we're, cause you'd be, I mean, America does spend a lot of money, like, like on a government backed, like American government backed media that spreads American influence and interests. But sometimes in like countries where America's not really paying attention to, where I have friends who've worked, those outlets might be the only ones that can do certain investigations into corruption in that government, you know, like that's just kind of how it works because we're not in a perfect world. And so there is value that RT does provide. And I think that's one of the reasons it's being so like demonized. Um, and I don't think it's fair because like all of my friends who work there are being attacked as like Russian agents. They're fucking American journalists. Like they're American journalists who are covering some really important issues and you're not getting that kind of coverage at other outlets. They don't have jobs at other outlets for a reason, you know, because they're talking about, you know, Saudi Arabia's war on Yemen. You know, they're talking about what the U.S. did in Syria. They're, they're talking about, like, U.S. imperialism in general. And you just cannot do that on MSNBC or CNN. You can't. 
again, I'm not saying RT is perfect. It's not. I'm just saying, like, I'm really shocked by even people who I thought were smart, again, are suddenly falling into this trap of, like, coming after people who work at RT, who are American journalists, who happen to just have a job at RT. I mean, I think there was that one lady who writes for The Daily Show, some, like, white lady with a cushy job, who was, like, demanding that people who work at RT that she knows, like, like quit their jobs or something as though they can just go find jobs anywhere else. Like, we live in a capitalist world where people need jobs, and media doesn't have very many. So, like, I just think it's really all high and mighty for these other journalists to start judging anybody who works at an outlet they don't like. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. And then to be applauding the government, attacking that outlet, and, like, threatening to criminally prosecute its, um, its like, uh, its CEO or whatever is just insane. I just... Watching this from abroad, like, I just, I'm so confused. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's hysteria. And part of it is exemplified by Amnesty International. I know that you were, we, 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 you were showing me what the Amnesty International was doing to uh, condemn the Kremlin because they're apparently going to do what, the U.S. is doing to RT, but like turn around and force uh, foreign media to to submit under some kind of uh, registration. Yeah, and Amnesty International condemns. Like, I mean, they write this whole thing condemning uh, Russia, condemning the Kremlin, condemning the Russian government for like passing this legislation to force the BBC and like Voice of America and Radio Free, Free Europe and stuff to uh, register as foreign agents without mentioning. The U.S. just did the same thing and basically started it. Like, and then the same the next day after the U.S. did this, CNN ran an article saying that the world looks to the U.S. for um for like as a leader in press freedom. And I'm just like, what the hell are you talking? Is this a joke? Like, is this a fucking joke? Um, anyways, and also uh, democracy now uh, didn't touch the RT story except to do what Amnesty International did, which was mention that Russia passed legislation to force to force BBC and Radio Free Europe to register as foreign agents. And, and that's what I mean by, like, I'm just like, where's the solidarity? Like, no, people are just completely silent. Like, today, RT, maybe you're okay with that. But tomorrow, what's next? Democracy now? I mean, you saw how, like, all of this fake news controversy ended up leading Google to come up with some algorithm that basically... Uh, created a situation where all of these progressive news outlets on the left started losing a bunch of readers because Google stopped directing people to their sites in Google searches. Uh, so it's like, it's just really shocking. Like the progressive left should know better than to remain silent about something like this. And just because RT may have broadcasted something you didn't like does not make this okay. Mm -hmm. Well, there's another thing that goes along with this that happened in the last week that I want to bring in here. And again, there's this highly controversial topic that has overtaken our media in the past week, and we're going to get to it. But I want to talk about this for just a few minutes first. And it's there was this report that was written by The Atlantic that showed some messages between Donald Trump Jr. These were direct messages on Twitter from Donald Trump Jr. to the WikiLeaks Twitter account. And, yeah, I was expecting to see some explosive stuff. And uh, they're, they're just like flat out panic about this, like in the media <laughs> yeah. that this was happening. And 
I mean, uh, let me just give you an example. I want to give you one of the most favorite quotes. I wrote about this. I'm not going to, you know, rehash my whole story. There are just a couple of things I want to say on our show. But just for you, Rania, because you are over in Germany and didn't follow this as closely. Um, this woman who was on said, uh, her name is Samantha Vinograd. She was okay. part of the National Security Council under Obama. And she mm -hmm. said, this is a really good day for Vladimir Putin. <laughs> what? So she was also talking okay. about Attorney General Jeff Sessions' testimony because this, this was breaking just as uh, they were still talking about this as like he was going before the committee to talk about whether he perjured himself or not. But anyways, then she said that all the conversation about Trump Jr. was or whether, whether he was or was not in contact with WikiLeaks, accomplishes Vladimir Putin's goal of undermining confidence in our institutions. It's clear that Donald Trump Jr., <laughs> for example, was in touch with an organization that Mike Pompeo, the CIA director, has called a non-state hostile intelligence service. That organization, the intelligence community agrees, received information from the Russian government. So it's clear to me that Donald Trump Jr. was an intelligence target of the Russian services and he fell for it. Wow, so WikiLeaks is now the Russian intelligence services? <laughs> and there are so many really crazy leaps in what she's saying that we don't have enough time on this episode this week to talk about them. But the one thing that I really wanted to say is as I look at those messages, it's not what a lot of people were, were, were claiming happened. Like, The Atlantic got a credit for filling in a puzzle piece, but they didn't really, like, do that. That's not... <laughs> in my opinion, what I read there was two people, you know, the, I'm going to, let's just, you know, I don't know if it's true or not. And maybe we end up getting shit thrown at us for, for jumping to conclusions. But let's just pretend that like the only person on that WikiLeaks account right now is Julian Assange. So Julian yeah. Assange said to Donald Trump Jr. some things because he thought, hey, this could be really useful to us if the Trump organization is going around splashing all of the Clinton emails everywhere from the campaign, it's going to be good for our publication. Media organizations do this. They work yes. for their self-interest. And then Donald Trump Jr. is running a political campaign and he's talking to, again, this is not a hostile intelligence service. It's a media organization. And he uh, talks to them and he thinks, oh, they might have some stuff that could be useful to my campaign. They each don't probably want to be friends with each other but they know that each other can be useful like they know that there's something they could get from a from from talking um and so i don't think that that's evidence of like russian collusion and no it's definitely not and again like, this just reminded me and, and i and I, I brought this into like my coverage of it one um there isn't actually evidence for a lot of the things that people are saying and we're still I want to remind you that we're still only at proof, if, 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 if I even give it credit, the only thing that our intelligence agencies have ever claimed is that WikiLeaks unwittingly published the Russian material that was provided to them by hackers and they were used and maybe they didn't know that they were used. And so now to have this coverage of this Atlantic piece, which everyone just is saying that like the Russians have been cooperating with WikiLeaks and WikiLeaks is just so cheerful and 
happy to be working with the Russians. It's like not even our intelligence services ever said that. So so all yeah. of these progressive liberal types that are running around and so giddy that they think there's another puzzle piece in their conspiracy. It's just like, no, that's not what it does. And then I just would it's end really by pathetic. I would just end by saying this. We are buying into a CIA narrative here about WikiLeaks if we adopt this mentality of not asking questions and demanding proof because they want us to believe that WikiLeaks is a hostile intelligence service. And I and I can tell you why they want us to think that. They've had a lot of stuff that they do exposed by WikiLeaks. They've had <laughs> documents about high-value targeting revealed. They've had documents about how they travel around and try to hide their spies, like the tradecraft of like how they do that because WikiLeaks exposed like a manual. They've had things that uh, make them look like they're involved in like really awful corruption. You know, they've had like torture related documents exposed. They had stuff about how they spy on UN diplomats, um, like make, like make diplomats go spy on UN officials. Um, they had that exposed when the, in the Chelsea Manning releases. And so yeah, no I'd wonder the CIA look, thinks I'd they're pretty, hostile. Yeah. I'd be pretty pissed at WikiLeaks if they did that to me. So, um, right. yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I also love, like, I, I just gotta say, like, I love when people who are writing about this stuff say, like, reference the intelligence community. Like, it just makes me, I always think when I hear intelligence community, I, I just think of, like, some oppressed community. <laughs> like, the community, you know what I mean? Like, the black community. It does the make Latino them sound community. quaint. <laughs> it makes them seem quaint. Like, like they're... Like, oh, intelligence community like they're just like these really nice folks who get together they're folks like you could like, go you know into a cul-de-sac in this like little suburban yeah. area and then it's just like some people <laughs> they keep to themselves the intelligence community so i guess it's time to bring up that controversial topic the, that we wanted to talk about the, the thing we and keep saying we're gonna get to and that we keep off. putting off yeah it's procrastinating so before we talk about this i just want to say like i think it's okay if what i'm about to say or what you're about to say doesn't you know if people don't agree with it i think it's really 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 important that our show and <laughs> i think it's funny i'm going to say this because we've talked about safe spaces before but our show is a safe space to discuss controversial topics and you don't always have to like what we say um, I don't think it's necessary to, if you don't like what someone has to say, to decide that they're evil or that they're Satan or that they should be purged. We're against that kind of thinking on this show. Um, and I like appreciate that we can talk about these kinds of things on this show. And hopefully, like, even if you disagree with us, it doesn't have to turn into this like shit match, like, you know, this like shitting on each other match. Well, let's um, include the people who listen to us. If they've got something to add to what we talk about here, uh, send us a comment and uh, let's keep the discussion going rather than having people try to like shut us down and say we can't pursue this in the way we want. Exactly. And, you know, and I'm I'm the first like I'm a, I'm a pretty humble person. Like, I'm happy to say I'm wrong when I'm wrong. I'm definitely not always right. I don't think I am. And so I'm also happy to like to receive feedback if someone does disagree with me and you can, you know, I'm happy to listen and maybe you're right and I'm wrong. But basically what we want to talk about is like all of the stories about um, sexual assault that have been coming out. I mean, some of them are just insane stories. Like the Harvey Weinstein thing is just like, 
outrageous. And at first, um, when it started, it was just like another celebrity fucked up, like raped a bunch of people story, like another Bill Cosby. But it got really crazy with that Ronan Farrow article about how he hired the uh, Israeli company to like made up of like former Mossad agents to go spy on and like um, suppress the testimonies of women he'd raped, which was like fucking insane. Um, and it's good that that stories like that are coming out and that people are having to like, there's like, you know, professional consequences for people who have this like predatory pattern of behavior that is totally exists in Hollywood. I don't think anybody ever doubted it did. Although the Harvey Weinstein story is like a fucking Hollywood film itself in terms of the, like, the, like just like hiring spies aspect. Um, but that said, uh, there does seem to be like something going on right now that feels a bit like a moral panic um, to the point where like, it's like everybody's just throwing their sexual assault, sexual harassment stories into the public arena. Um, and it's hard to keep up and which is sad, which is like, a, you know, like a sad commentary on the kind of society that we live in. But again, we've like, it's not, this is not like new information, but What's worrying about this, and this is where I think it's, we should have like a mature discussion, and it's okay if people disagree about this, but I think I want to be able to express my opinion without fearing I'm going to be purged. And I think it's like bad when you, when you like, I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but when there's an issue that starts to make you feel like that, like, uh-oh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because if I say my opinion on this, I'm going to get piled on and like a mob is going to like tell me I'm evil. <laughs> and, and I'm going to have to like go hide in a hole for several days. Then that suggests that something's gotten out of hand. Um, and so what I want to say about this is that not that these stories of sexual harassment aren't true. I believe the vast majority of them are. Um, what I do think is happening though, is I think it's really, I want to be, I think it's important that we be very wary of people being prosecuted in the court of public opinion over these kinds of things. Because there is, it's, it's, it's like, if there's a pattern of behavior, it's one thing. But what I just saw happen at Jordan Cheriton of the Young Turks is like an insane story. And I think a really unfortunate example of what can happen when, like, people just get really, like, morally panicked about something like, like, like that's been happening with the sexual harassment stuff. Um, and then the second... Like, it's like the second anybody questions something or anybody tries to defend themselves, in the case of Jordan Sheraton, he was right to defend himself because he was being defamed. Um, but, like, the second somebody tries to defend themselves or question something, it's like everybody goes and calls them a supporter of sexual assault, even when they're victims of it, like, or survivors of it. So, anyways, that's what I wanted to say about this. I, I'm really We should concerned. tell people, I, I'm, I'm worried or that we're going to just say Jordan Cheriton and people aren't going to know what we're talking about. So, let's, yeah. let's just, I'll, I'll do my best to establish what happened by just saying the Huffington Post put up a story uh, about uh, Jordan and uh, it was headlined, Jordan Cheriton is accused by former employees of sexual abuse harassment and and this went up on um uh november 16th looks like it was up uh in the evening and it jordan is from the young turks uh and it said uh, the the story named the accuser said that um 
Carly Hammond, a former Truth Against the Machine reporter, <laughs> Truth Against the Machine is a, a, th- a project that Jordan was with, told me in detail about her relationship with Cheriton and about an incident where he raped her. And this is... Uh, it's, it's a and, huge allegation. It's, and huge it's, allegation. And, and so we're naming accusers and we're saying rape. Now, if you go to Huffington Post, you can't find it. It says, this post from the Huffington Post contributor platform is no longer available on our site. Well, what happened? This is what happened. And, and here's what I, I'm just going to read this one little graph here. And, I, and, and there are a couple things that we can say after it. Um, this is this is going to be some graphic detail, but we're all adults here, so here it is. During my encounter with the woman in question, I followed this principle completely. So, uh, sorry, let me backtrack. Jordan Cheriton wrote a post explaining everything that went on in this very intimate, private thing that he probably never intended to be out in the open in public. And so... He described what happened. So he says, the woman in question and another woman in our group of friends began kissing and touching each other in a jacuzzi. So I left them and went to bed. Some time after that, the man in the group woke me up to show that said woman had come to my bed with the other woman. There, there are four people in this situation. So Cheriton continues, they were having oral sex with one another and I was asked to participate. I have written statements from the other two people in the room confirming that they heard me ask the woman receiving oral sex if she was okay and if I could approach her intimately and most importantly, heard her consent. During the night, we had a few bar- few beers, but no one was drunk. Now, there's no reason to keep reading any more of this because that's all you really need to know that they were having um, a, a group sex and it was all consensual. And so this person goes off and tells a story to Huffington Post and they can't even verify it anymore and keep it up without taking it down. So that's like, this is, this is, this is a perfect example of why what's happening right now is like something that concerns me is that anybody. And before I go, actually, before I say this, I should qualify it with, I am of course, like when it comes to the issue of sexual harassment and rape and rape culture, you know, women often don't come forward because they're not believed. And I'm obviously a strong advocate of if somebody, you know, accuses, if somebody makes an accusation, they, you know, somebody says they've been raped or sexually assaulted, whether they're a man or a woman, um, that should be treated very, very seriously. And they shouldn't be treated like they're the suspect. That said, what's happening here is that in the environment that this has created, anybody, anybody can come forward and make any accusation they want and destroy somebody else. And I think that's what they attempted to do to Jordan. Like, um, I think there was even evidence uh, from what I saw that there was like a, a cabal of people who hate him who were like colluding against him. I could, that means like me and I could get together with my friends and go in like manufacture accusations against like individuals I hate that are pro-war at think tanks um, to try and get them fired. Again, I'm not saying that all these accusations we're hearing are fake or lies to destroy other people. I'm just saying the environment is ripe for that. And so I think it's like a good time to kind of step back and reevaluate how we're handling this. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen because it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Um, but like, I do think that that's an important conversation to have. It's an uncomfortable conversation Nobody wants to be on the wrong side of it. Nobody wants to sound like they're siding with sexual harassers. I'm certainly not. Um, I'm all for people have there being really severe consequences and people being ostracized if they are like predator, like sexual predators. I really am for that. Um, 
That said, I don't like what I'm seeing with this sort of mob hysteria. And that's what it looks like. It's starting to look like a sort of mob hysteria. And even after the girl was exposed for lying by people who were there with the Jordan issue, I still see him being attacked uh, for silencing victims. And it's just like, that's not what this was. This, this, you know, what's the purpose of all this if it's now hurting innocent people? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to put specifics to it, you're not just saying vendetta to throw that around. He, he's documenting this in his post on Medium. You can find it. It's called Explaining My TYT Absence. And he's saying basically that this this woman and a group of others were making up theories about him, even saying that he worked for Bill O'Reilly eight years ago um, and, and that they should go try to find women that worked with him so that they would come forward and blame him for, uh, oh, sorry, suggesting since I worked on Bill O'Reilly's floor at Fox News eight years ago, that they should go find women I worked with there to come forward. So they're, they're, they're thinking of ways that they can come after him and smear his reputation. Um, and yeah, and that's, and I guess that means that anybody who has enemies is vulnerable to that. And like, I mean, especially if you're like a public figure, you of course have enemies and that makes you vulnerable to a lot of things, uh, especially people who want to destroy you. Um, and I just like, I just, I don't, that's what I don't like about this climate that this has created. And I think it's really, really problematic. And I'm not really sure like how to deal with it. I tried, I tweeted something the other day and then I like immediately deleted it because I already got, I like started to get piled on and I was like, this, you know, this isn't even worth it. Um, and that's sad. That's sad that you can't like question anything or, um, or like, you know, even ask a question or challenge something, um, in this instance, like without, being uh painted as like a rapist and it's also funny because it was a lot of men who who started piling on me <laughs> and i was just kind of laughing because one thing that i do notice is sometimes the people that are pushing this kind of like panic the most are people who are guilty <laughs> of doing these things to other people like that or they're men like and they think that like they've learned from women how to be good men and they're trying to act that out and they've gone into being the most insane kind of puritans yeah it's like those people who are white allies yeah who suddenly like act like oh well i'm basically black now because i tell other white people when they're racist and now i'm going to talk down to other black people who don't agree with me and tell them that they're basically supporting racism. It's like those kinds of white people. That's like what's basically like happens with those kinds of men. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of those men that are pushing it the hardest who are being like really good allies to women have themselves raped several people. Like, I, I feel like that's like a thing. It really is a thing. I mean, it is a thing like with those guys who are like, I'm a male feminist. And like, that's like their whole identity is being a male feminist. Uh, and then it turns out like they just like like date rape women, um, which is a thing. Uh, anyways, um, I mean, there's other things I would want to say. I just like don't. I'm like it's a really touchy subject, and I feel like you know what's crazy is I'm a woman. I'm a woman who's like I've dealt with men who've sexually harassed me. I've, I've like I feel like every woman's been sexually assaulted. It's like sadly a part of being a woman, um, especially in the field of media. And I can't even, like, have an opinion about any of this without being attacked by a bunch of dudes telling me that I'm a sexist. Like, it's really bizarre. Well, let it's me really, ask you really this. And, and I don't know if, if, if you want to, to say anything, but uh, there was this huge thing of everyone providing their, 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 what they called their Me Too story 
where they were going to yeah. add the, and I'm just wondering like what your thoughts were like, did you, did you feel like you had to participate in that moment or are you just like, eh, and then, you know, I was, when that was all happening, I was trying to finish up my like Yazidi rape story. Um, Jeez. No, like, I mean, all that was happening and I was just like dealing with like ISIS selling sex slaves, like, like trying to like finish up, like I, cause I wrote this like 9,000 word piece on how the, on, like the, how the Yazidi genocide unfolded. Yeah. And I was like, and it was a really like complex, complicated piece. I mean, in 9,000 words is a lot, especially for one piece. Um, and it took a really long time to like, to put it all together. And I was just like really focused on that at the time. Um, that the me too thing, like maybe it helped some people. I don't know. I wasn't really following it that closely, but it just seemed like some hashtag sideshow. I wasn't really, and I'm sorry if that offends anybody. I just, I was like dealing with other shit that I wasn't really paying attention. Um, that said, like, I know sometimes I would see a tweet of someone saying, this has really helped me. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad it's helped you. Uh, but that said, I, I, um, I just think it's bizarre. Like when this starts to create a puritanical environment, where you're not allowed to like have opposing views without being called something that you're not. <laughs> you, you don't um, want paranoia to be substituted for thought. So, so there is one more thing I wanted to say before we wrap the show as directly tied to Al Franken. And I, and I, and I, I put a lot of thought into this and I even, you know, I ran this by my wife and I was like, what do you think? Is this something I can say on the show? I'm like, okay, I'm going to say it. And I think like the thing that we really need to consider here is what kind of uh, justice do we want? Like, what does that look like? We like what is uh what do we want in response when these women come forward? Like, what do we want out of this? And I think that's an important thing for us to consider and contemplate, but thoughtfully, not with like paranoid um, abstractions, but like we need to think about it very. Uh, intellectually and, and honestly, because Al Franken came forward with a very heartfelt apology that was accepted by the person who was mistreated. And mm -hmm. oh, she oh, I didn't realize she accepted the apology. Oh yeah, full fully. She said, "I think it's genuine." And she's and when she was asked uh, by Jake Tapper, Jake's been coming up a lot in our show this week. Um, well, Jake is just an all around awesome guy. Look at him. He's a Jamal ally. <laughs> but Jake, well, Jake asked her, like, what would you like out of this? Do you want him to resign from the Senate? And she said, first, she copped out and said, well, that's for the people of Minnesota to decide. And mm. then he didn't accept that. And he said, well, like, no, you, you, you really made this al allegation in public. And, you know, wouldn't you like to see something happen as a result? And what would you like that to be and, and he said or do you just want people to acknowledge that this is a thing that happened to you and just know that this is what somebody who's now a senator did to you and she's like i think that's it i think i just wanted people to acknowledge that this was a thing that happened and like to me when i hear that in my head i go okay we've reached the end of this this is the resolution this is how we learn and then we move on and we don't try yeah. to force more out of this and i i heard more than two or three people appear on CNN later and say, well, that's just not fair. You know, I know that she says that, like, <laughs> I know that she says that, but she shouldn't have to say that. 
Al Franken should resign from the Senate. And, like, men shouldn't get to apologize and think that that gets them off the hook for their behavior. And, I'm, and I honestly mean this with the, with, with the most genuine uh, sense of trying to figure out why this is the case and, and being dumbfounded by this. What do you want from people? Like, if, like, you don't want them to deny it. You don't want them to be child molesters who are serial um, pedophiles and deny it in public. You don't want them to be Roy Moore, I assume. You don't want them to yeah. be Donald Trump. Yeah, and, and to me, it seems like Al Franken isn't trying to dismiss or make this go away. He's he actually even said ethics committee of Senate of the Senate come and investigate me and see what you can find about me so that we can get this oh, all yeah. in the public record and then you know we'll come to an agreement about what are the good consequences for me should I should I maybe be suspended for an amount of time I don't know how this would work I don't know Senate rules and what's possible but he's saying what I believe is a statement that would make it possible for himself to be held accountable for behavior that was of the variety Crude. that was that was really just um, excused back in the 1970s when you were a member of Saturday Night Live, like when you were, a, 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 you know, he was he he thought he could get away with with that, and she was offended by it, and and so to me, I think it's a really serious thing that we have to consider, especially with all these allegations coming forward. It's like, well, what, I what also do think there's want? like, oh, go ahead, sorry, finish your. No, no, that's that's my last thing because it's not just well, yeah. Well, what I was gonna add is, um, I also think there's like an element to this that's like missing, and that is the fact that the women who are able to come forward and good for them for being able to come forward, but they're able to come forward because they're in positions of power in some way or shape. Obviously, not maybe in positions of power that is equal to the people who assaulted them, but they're in some sort of privileged position. Um, and this is happening a lot, like in Hollywood and the media. It's happening among people in the media. It's happening among, um, among like, uh, I'm sorry, among uh, government people, like politicians and in the UK Parliament and the Congress and stuff. Uh, but there's actually two aspects of this I, I want to touch on real quick, uh, not just one. <laughs> and one of them is that. Like, like I said, like the people who are able to come are in a privilege, like come forward are in a privileged position. But when it comes to people in power who are sexual predators, the people that get hurt the most and who have are, are those who have no ability to defend themselves, speak up for themselves, or do anything about it. And those are oftentimes people in the most vulnerable positions. I mean, if this is how like the actresses are getting treated, imagine how the fucking janitorial staff and the maids are getting treated. Like, ser- I mean, seriously, imagine like the people who are actual sexual predators. Imagine how they're made, like the workers who have no rights that work under them, like who have no rights, who have no name, who don't get to be in the public sphere. Cause you know, you'll remember there was that like a head of the IMF a few years ago who was on trial and uh, for like raping maids and the maids were basically put on trial in, I mean, it's amazing. Like that was like five years ago, I think. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Blanking on the person. Yeah. I'm blanking on the, I'm blanking on the name, but like, he was like a French guy, like, and he was like the head of the IMF at the time. And um, anyways, like, and, and I remember like the, the media that's now like, you know, in this moral panic about sexual assault um, and is like sort of getting clickbait off of it was the one that was, a t- they were the ones that were smearing these maids who were victims. 
like of it this man's like he raped Dominique Strauss Kahn. Thank you, Dominique Strauss Kahn. And so we've come a long way from that, but I feel like, like it's like this is the the, the way it's getting portrayed is like this is some sort of just Hollywood problem. Or some sort of um, like media problem, or some sort of parliament problem. But like, there's like so many victims of sexual harassment and assault that you're never gonna fucking hear from. And they're, guess what? They don't have a Twitter account to say me too either. Yeah, well, um, and and for I, example, I, I mean, the, you could just take the the people who are immigrants who are held in private prisons who are being preyed upon by guards there. Um, yes. We just wrote a story. Um, my my colleague Brian Sonnenstein did some coverage of this woman who's bringing a, a suit it sounds like um and and she says this and it's actually a female guard in this instance who is using <laughs> her power to um to basically control and and get any sort of favors uh sometimes not sexual but sometimes also sexual um to force um women into loving her and 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 being partners with her in this uh center that has a really horrible reputation for rape and sexual assault yeah that's like and so that's another aspect of the story that i wanted to mention is um obviously men are predominantly in positions of power like the dominant power structure is patriarchal so like most people in positions of power are men um but this isn't just a man problem it's actually a problem when it comes to people and like when people have power over other people they do fucked up shit like they do really fucked up shit and that includes women who are in positions of power um and i haven't seen any of those kinds of stories come out uh, and the one you just mentioned is like a, a, an example of that. Um, I'm not saying women are as bad as men. Women, like, I, I don't think that's necessarily true that like women are like rape as much as men do. Um, it's just not how our society is structured or social. Like people are socialized. Uh, that said, like I even have friends who've been sexually harassed and assaulted by women in superior positions to them. Like even in media, we're, we're actually similar to what you said with the guard. I have a friend who was forced by her boss to like go on vacation with her boss. Um, and her boss had like photos of her in her office, like surround. It was, it's crazy. It's actually a crazy fucking story um, that you're never, ever going to hear about. Uh, and I don't know why that is. Um, I guess it doesn't really like fit into the narrative. No, it doesn't. Um, and that's the problem. And also like what you're saying there is, is complicated. It's not part of the narrative, but you were also, I, I would say in my opinion, that your coverage of the ISIS, uh, what, uh, of of the of the women who were doing what they did to the Yazidis, um, kind of fits into that as well. Yeah, like the ISIS, yeah, the wives of ISIS fighters who participated in like sexually assaulting and raping and using Yazidi women as their like slaves, like um, domestically, uh, in the home. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that that should be lost, too. I think that the rape culture obviously has a lot to do with sex, but more than anything else, it has to do with power. Um, that's kind of what rape's all about. It's about domin It's like about dominating people and enforcing and invoking your power over them. And we live in a capitalist society where that's how everything is structured. So anyone in a position of power is able, like, who has the ability to abuse it can abuse it. And it's not only men who do it and it's not only pretty actresses who get abused. <laughs> um, I just think those are things to think about when we hear about these stories. Uh, just, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just think those are interesting things to discuss in terms of like rape culture and how like, you know, capitalism, I'm not saying socialists don't rape. I, I don't think that's true. 
I just think that when it comes to power, I, I mean, when people have power, they abuse it. And sometimes it's in a really fucked up predatory sex, like way sexually. So anyways, things to consider. And on that note, I don't really have anything else to say on this topic other than I hope that you don't hate us. Well, no, I'm glad that we <laughs> broached the topic. I'm, I, I mean, it's been bubbling underneath the surface for the last month and a half. And um, we've only had opportunities to do a, a show um, every every now and then. Uh, but it was it was time for us to say something. And you may not really like the way we chose to do it. Uh, here's the thing, though. We still have a month. Um, we have, uh, we're going to continue to do many more shows, so we can take another crack at it if you think we failed terribly, and also this isn't <laughs> going away, so we're going to have plenty of opportunities to talk about it, so, um, but I feel confident that, like, we're not being assholes here, like, we're trying to really honestly and reasonably address something that's that's going on that has overtaken everything by the way it's overtaken media to the point where stories that should be covered are not being covered because every day what dominates the 24-hour news cycle is the new woman who says her ass was grabbed by george hw bush and i'm not saying that what she said doesn't deserve attention Uh, i'm not saying that every new person who has a story to tell about George Herbert Walker Bush goosing them doesn't have a story to tell. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, goosing them. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you're okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what happens. But but what I am saying is that like we should consider is that more important than ethnic cleansing in in Burma or is that more important than. Um, well, the, and, the, and I'm sorry. And just to be clear, Kevin is asking that because before we were recording, he was actually telling me that he was watching CNN where they had reporters on the ground covering what's happening to the Rohingya. Oh, yeah, this week. Um, yeah. In Myanmar. And like that, like basically got interrupted with 24 hour coverage of Harvey Weinstein. Right? Uh, well, not Harvey you? Weinstein, of, of, of Franken, of Roy Moore, of of all of this drama around whether he should be expelled from the Senate or not. The, the fucker's going to lose. Doug Jones in a Fox News poll is beating him by eight or nine percent. Actually, and, and also, like, maybe the question should be whether Roy Moore should be arrested. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude, you, okay, wait, let's end on this note. He got banned from a mall, Rania. What do you got to <laughs> do to get banned from a mall? He uh, Actually, I hate to admit this, but Lindsey Graham put it best. He ended up on a oh. no-fly list for a mall. Like that, how do you, how do you get on a, how do you get on a list? Like you got to engage in some pretty creepy behavior to end up banned from a, from a residential mall. Yeah. Especially as like a white man. Like, I mean, it's like, no one's going to ban you because they thought you were stealing. Like, oh, wow. Well, on that, uh, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate your support of the show. Last week's episode uh, with Rania Masri, the, the Rania Squared episode did really well. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. We'll have to have Rania yeah. Masri back on our show. Just so uh, we can say Rania Squared, because it yeah. sounds really cool. And, but again, thanks for supporting us. Uh, thanks for the monthly pledges. We really appreciate your support. Uh, we're going into the Thanksgiving weekend here. We're going to take um, you know a little bit of a break. Um, and then we'll have some more shows to round out the year. Uh, but thank you. Uh, and uh, anything else, Rania? No, I think that's it. And we'll be back soon. <laughs>